my name is Brie. This is the Woman and the Word podcast. Welcome, welcome. If you haven't, please go back and listen to the previous three episodes because they have been awesome, if I may say so myself. We have covered so much. Wait, so what have we covered so far in season three? We've looked at only moving when God moves, the power of influences through a Christian lens, and our last episode was a Let's Talk interview with my beautiful sister in Christ, Ami Buhari, and we spoke about all things purpose. For this episode, we are going to touch upon a topic that's very close to my heart, and that is exploring the freedom of expression of faith that exists within the body of Christ. That was a lot. What did I say? I said the freedom of expression of faith. What do I mean by that? Yes, we are one body. Yes, we are all believers and disciples of Christ. And we can all agree that there are fundamentals that we should therefore all carry out, you know, in how we move and how we behave, etc. But following Christ isn't this rigid box that we all have to fit into. Look at how beautifully diverse and vast the body of Christ is. I do not believe that God would create us to be so different just for us to then become the same. There's beauty in our differences and I believe that carries over into how we express our faith. Yes, I believe we have freedom in Christ to express our faith differently, depending on who we are, where we are, and most importantly, what convictions the Holy Spirit has given us. And guess what? I'm not alone in my thoughts. In this episode, we're going to study Romans 14, where Paul himself talks to us about this very topic. I hope you're ready. All right, let's go. personal experience in Christianity has thank God never really brought me any sort of you know church hurt or you know mass judgment Um, but I've always grown up knowing that those are very common stigmas attached to the Christian walk Um, and although I again didn't experience it firsthand I've heard far too many people say that they have and previously you know you may have just heard it within your sphere of influence your circle your community your town but now we have social media right and not only are you hearing about people's experiences within with church and judgment but you're also witnessing the hurt and judgment as it takes place there's almost this this live eyewitness account that we can give because we see it on social media platforms all the time Uh, And there's been so much discourse I've personally seen online, um, especially on Twitter, where people who call themselves Christians are just really judgmental, just really, really judgmental. And it's just it's always a rebuke and a correction. And this is wrong. and This is right. And they're always comparing. And honestly, it's tiring. Uh, You know, for me as a Christian, it's tiring. Okay, I'm imperfect. I'm struggling. I get it. You know, (laughs) we get it. Uh, And of course, you know, there's space in the body of Christ to call each other higher. Absolutely. But the way that it's delivered, that's where we need to be careful because that's not always done um, in the best way. Within this online fellowship that I've seen, you see Christians judging others, other you know brothers and sisters in Christ for what they do or don't do. And I don't mean things like prayer, tithing, reading your Bible. Those are pretty much fundamental to the, to the faith. But I mean judging people on their expression of faith. 
And I'm a little embarrassed to say and admit that I've been one of those people and I've previously agreed, retweeted and echoed that same judgmental stance. That was until I read Romans 14 because Romans 14 checked me. It's oh, it's one of my favourite chapters in the entire Bible. And yes, I can say that. Honestly, in terms of like impact and application in my life personally, Romans in general is one of my favourite books. Uh, but more specifically, chapters 3, chapter 6, 8, 12, 14, 15. I mean, that's basically the whole book. But, but it's, chapter 14 is one of the many chapters in Romans that just blew my mind, blew me away and definitely uh, called me higher. Called me higher. Let's put it like that. Romans 14, I find out of all of the other chapters is a chapter that I frequently go back to because it applies to this very discourse and discussion going on online. In Romans 14, Paul makes a very clear statement about how Christians should be treating one another, particularly when it comes to how each believer chooses to practice and express their faith. So Paul is talking about our expression of faith. And um, in this chapter, he primarily focuses on food, hence the title, uh, the podcast title. Um, but he applies the principle to so many other contexts that have broken up the church. And, you know, so far as creating separate denominations, Paul addresses it right here. It's just fantastic. So we're going to look at this chapter and understand how we as Christians have the freedom to express our faith in different ways and how we should act in love when someone else's expression is different to ours. So that's the first word I have for us today. Disputable. So I'm going to start with Romans 14 verse 1 because even in this one verse, Paul already dragged me. <laughs> the one verse, the first verse, dragging. And it reads, Except the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. <laughs> disputable matters. I'm telling you, when I read that, I had to stop because there's already such a word in that. Paul is telling us that there are disputable matters that we as Christians quarrel about. And by telling us that there are disputable matters, he's indirectly saying that there are indisputable matters. What do I mean? There are fundamentals, inarguable, unquestionable truths, right? Pillars of truth in Christianity that none of us can or should argue about. They are what they are. They're the crux of the faith. They're the foundation of the gospel. Simple, right? These matters to me would be Jesus being the son of God, um, Jesus dying on a cross and being raised to life three days later, God being a triune God, Jesus being fully human, but also fully divine, God being the only true God. These matters are indisputable. There's no discussion. If you are a follower of Christ, you believe these things. Simple, simple as. Disputable matters, on the other hand, things that you can dispute, things that you can argue about, they are open to question or debate. Those types of matters to me would be whether or not you eat meat, which Paul speaks about, how often you fast. Um, how you fast when you fast, whether you should listen to secular music or not, what clothes you should wear. These are the expressions of faith that I believe vary. Now, of course, you can say that there are these invisible boundaries that no Christian should exceed. Uh, but essentially, where you move and where you are on that scale, it's down to you and your conviction. 
So you quarreling with another Christian about what they're wearing, what they're listening to, condemning them for doing something different to you, it's just the wrong approach. Let's see what Paul says. Um, we'll continue Romans 14, verse two to four. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Mm. Oh, firstly, okay, that fourth verse, they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. I don't know who that's for, but you will stand, for the Lord is able to make you stand. When I read that, I was like, yes, Paul, yes, Paul. But anyway, as you can see, here Paul is talking about faith and then conduct. So let's start with faith. When I first read this, I was shocked that Paul said those who don't eat meat have weaker faith. Because to me, I was thinking it takes a lot of discipline to change your diet. Like we saw me cry in Asda with the Daniel fast. It's very difficult. But that's where I made a mistake. Paul is talking about faith, not discipline. So again, why is the person who only eats vegetables for the Lord the one with weaker faith? What Paul is saying here is that the more faith you have in Christ and what Christ did for you on the cross, the less faith you have in objects and food of this world. So no, you won't be worried about what you eat defiling you or displeasing God because what Christ did on the cross is way too powerful for a piece of food to compromise it. You don't have to look at food and think it will do anything to your salvation because you're saved by his grace. You don't have to look at any piece of food and think it will make you unclean because you've been cleansed by the blood of Christ. So yes, only people with a weak faith would ever think that eating pig is enough to pluck you from your heavenly father's hand. Nothing you eat can get in the way of what Christ did on the cross for all of us. So yes, great faith in Christ allows you to eat anything because that means you recognize that, listen, all of this is done in him. Your salvation, your righteousness, your cleanliness, it's all done in him and not in whatever's on your plate, <laughs> right? So that is why Paul is focusing on faith. Let's go on to conduct and let's look at verse three. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. So here Paul tells both parties that they must not treat with contempt or judge the other. And why? Because God has accepted them. I love the... Um, English Standard Version because it says God has welcomed them and even further the message actually puts it like this and says God after all invited them both to the table do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome <laughs> I like the message I like that do you have any business telling people they can and cannot eat something when God has invited them to his, his table no you don't God has accepted us. We are his servants. So who, we are, who are we, I should say, to treat anyone with contempt or judge them when God has said, you can sit with me. You, can, you have a seat at this table. Who are we? And notice, this isn't to say that we can't discuss these things. You might suggest eating meat to your friend. You might suggest not eating meat to your friend and your, you know, your church sister. But if they say, no, I don't, you know, I disagree. Like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Then you, you leave God's servant because he has accepted them. And guess what? They will stand because he's able to make them stand. Amen. 
Now, speaking of standing, the next word I have for us is judgment. I'm going to read Romans 14, verse 5 to 8, and then we're going to jump down to verse 12. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to him. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And verse 12, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Now, I've gone over this a little bit in the uh, council culture and Christianity episode yeah it was that one where I explained that judgment at its essence is a final say on something judgment is not having an opinion on something and simply expressing it judgment if anything would be having an opinion expressing it and not budging on it right deeming someone as a heathen a sinner there's no hope for them I'm cutting them off and out that can be seen as judgment because you're having a final say on someone that God has not even given a final say on. <laughs> like, and, you know, and that's why we have the day of judgment. We have ju- judgment day and that's seen as the ultimate day of like accountability for our actions. God is going to give his final say on the living and the dead. That is when someone can be cancelled. <laughs> but any time before them, no, you don't reserve the, the right to judge someone in that sort of way. So in these verses, Paul is literally describing the different expressions of faith. One person considers Sundays more sacred than others. Others view every day alike. And I actually heard this from a pastor I follow. And she said she believes that because Jesus is the Sabbath, she doesn't need to hold any weight behind Sundays only. Instead, for her, every day is the Sabbath. Every day is sacred. And I love that, actually. I think that's, that's a really, I never, ever looked at it like that. Uh, But for me, definitely, I would say that Sundays are my more significant day of like intentional worship. It's like a day of reset for me and just a shedding of the previous week and a preparation for the coming week. Myself and that pastor are expressing our faith differently and it's still all for the Lord. Okay, so she can't judge me. I can't judge her. God is going to give his final judgment on judgment day. Okay, so whether or not you think it's right or wrong, God will be the final judge and we'll have to give account to him. That's what verse 12 says. Everyone's going to have to give account anyway. So mind your own in a a nice way. Uh, But let's go on to the third and final word of this episode. And it's the word that sums up the gospel. Love. Love. So let's read Romans 14, verse 13 to 18. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. 
Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Amen. What a juicy extract. My goodness. I, oh, there is so much to explore there. There's so much to explore that I'm not going to explore, which is sad. But so definitely do personal Bible study. But just for the, the sake of time and this episode, the first thing I want to jump to is stumbling block. When we don't act in love with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we become stumbling blocks and obstacles in their way. That's how impactful our judgment of others can be. You can become an obstacle in their walk with Christ. Secondly, Paul says, if something is unclean to that person, then that's the truth for that person. As a Christian, and you know, I know that um, I know that I need to be mindful of of what I consume, and that isn't limited to food. That also includes the shows I watch, the music I listen to, etc. Additionally, as a musician, um. I personally have a broader bandwidth to listen to certain songs and maybe, you know, chew on the meat and spit out the bones, for lack of a better term. So, like, for my job, I listen to a lot of music that I don't necessarily agree with um, or I don't listen to and support, you know, I just don't think it's edifying. Um, But within the context that I'm listening to it, for my job to maybe listen out for whatever it could be, right, I'm fine with it. It doesn't compromise me. It doesn't influence me. Um... I feel like I can listen to music quite objectively. If anything, I break it down too much. I'm listening to the chords and the time signature and I'm, I'm doing all of that. I also know someone who cannot listen to secular music, specifically slow jams. She can't do it. She said that it reminds them too much of their past and it reminds them and takes them back to a way of living that she just doesn't want to even step close to. It's just not worth it to her. We are very different people with different walks. I could potentially lead her astray by trying to coax her and convince her that, no, listening to slow jams is fine. Like, just listen to these chords, listen to these lyrics. I could be leading her to temptation. That's terrible. Similarly, by her telling me all secular music is demonic, don't listen to it. Well, I wouldn't be in my job that that I'm in, a job that I believe that God has given me. I also wouldn't have been challenged. You know, there are some piano riffs and chord switches and changes that I've been so inspired by and I don't necessarily listen and support the artist but I've heard it and been like wow oh they they went to the minor ninth or you know whatever it is I could potentially not have those things and not have those experiences because someone's told me it's all evil don't don't do it you know by enforcing our own expressions of faith onto other people we can be obstacles we can become stumbling blocks and that is so so far from the message of love that we're called to give to others um i also love that paul said in romans 14:15 do not by your eating destroy someone for whom christ died whether you like the way someone is moving or not yeah jesus died for that little lamb he died for that little sheep and he wants them in his sheepfold he would leave the 99 for them how dare we pass judgment and destroy that person's walk with christ because we don't agree with their expression of faith let's continue in verse 19 it says let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification mutual edification edifying someone is building them up encouraging them in their faith paul says we need to make every effort to keep that peace and to build each other up and finally 20 to 21 says 
Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. These are the consequences of not loving people through indifference. We potentially ruin the work that God is doing in their life. I don't want that sort of, <laughs> I don't want that sort of sin on my shoulders. You know, I think, especially as I was studying this at the time, what really checked me and that I just had to repent about was, you know, it could take someone so much, right? This is just an example, but it could take someone so much to just get into a church and to sit down in a pew. We don't know what sort of demons that they have overcome or are currently overcoming, fighting, whatever it is that they have fought in order to sit down in that pew. But you're going to make them feel some type of way because of how they've dressed. They're in church, but you're going to make them feel away because they're they're wearing something that you wouldn't you don't agree with. Like it's just it just doesn't make sense when you look at it like that. This is a little lamb that God has brought into His house, and we're going to make a big deal over clothing. Like that's secondary. We can debate and dispute that later on, but let's not destroy the work that God is doing in that person, right? If anything, yeah, take the issue to take the issue to God. Pray about it, you know, and let the Holy Spirit lead you and tell you how to to approach it. But we can't destroy the work that God is doing in people's lives because of our expression of faith. You know, we are not the standard. Christ is. I also love verse 21 uh, because it brings us back to a Christ-like heart positioning. You may love some good hot dog, bacon rashes with your English breakfast. Paul is saying that doesn't matter. If your brother and sister in Christ cannot handle it, don't eat that with them. Don't eat that in front of them. If your brother and sister in Christ struggled with alcoholism, don't drink wine in front of them. And I, I feel like that one is, is clearer because I feel like that would be a natural response to a friend struggling with alcoholism. You naturally, you wouldn't bring that around them. It applies, you know, according to what Paul is saying, in every area that that person feels some type of way in or feels convicted on, support them. Make it easy for them. Seek peace. For indisputable matters, oh, absolutely, you've got to stand for your faith. But for food, for sacred days, for clothes, let's lead with love and seek peace for mutual edification and to preserve and support the work that God is doing in every, each and every one of us. Okay, so to end, let's wrap the chapter up with the last two verses of Romans 14, which are this verses 22 to 23. And I'm going to read the amplified version just because I love some of the additions they include. The faith which you have that gives you freedom of choice, have as your own conviction before God. Just keep it between yourself and God seeking his will. Happy is he who has no reason to condemn himself for what he approves. But he who is certain about eating a particular thing is condemned if he eats it, because he is not acting from faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is done with doubt is sinful. Now, I love this translation because it explicitly says, your faith gives you freedom of choice. How awesome is that? And this is, Christ, Jesus is, Jesus is freedom, right? So I just think it just makes so much sense to have freedom of choice to express your love to him. Um, I think that's awesome. So whatever God convicts you on, keep it between you and him and do it diligently and wholeheartedly for yourself. 
Yes, you can share it with your brothers and sisters of Christ, of course, but don't pass judgment if they don't agree and if they don't adopt it themselves. Ultimately, everyone's going to have to give account to God. We can only do so much. And then that's that's God. That's someone that Christ died for. Christ cares about their walk far more than you do. So pray for them and God and, and pray that God will speak to them if it's an area that needs changing. But maybe maybe that's just their expression of faith. And guess what? Their faith allows them to have that freedom of choice. And the last little bit is so interesting. If you doubt something, don't even bother forcing it. And this is a check for me currently, right now. This is a, this, as I was writing, I said, oh, this is definitely a word for me. If you doubt anything, don't, just don't do it. <laughs> if you're doubtful that something may not be the right thing to do, just don't do it because everything should be done wholeheartedly in faith. And if you don't follow the convictions that your faith has highlighted and brought to your attention, that the Holy Spirit has, has illuminated to you, then it's most likely sin. So don't do it. It's, it's not worth it. And that's it, really. That's it. Yes, this was very, this was such a stretching read for me. I was so extremely humbled. But overall, and as always with any Bible study, I was so encouraged. And I just feel this chapter showed me a whole new level of how to love and respect others in the body of Christ. So, beloved children of God, my encouragement to you in today's episode is just eat. Thanks for listening. Stay blessed. Bye.